0: All right, uh, it's funny that, uh, hang on. Well, it, it may be Holy Spirit-led, so hang on. We were, we were cleaning up, oh, man. We were cleaning up debris yesterday, and me and Kylie, are y'all, y'all cool with this? If I divert a little bit? Um, I just thought about this because y'all, y'all threw me off, so maybe threw me to the right direction. It was interesting because me and Kylie cleaned up she got up early with me. She likes to get up early with me and help do stuff, whatever I'm working on. I just like to get up early. Tracy does not like to get up early, so I try to get away from her so she doesn't get angry with me because I get up early and make a bunch of noises. So I try to go outside and make a bunch of noises. <laughs> and uh, so we were cleaning up some debris and stuff. There was like a, we just moved into this house that's on the water, and so the water came up and left everything like you know that it left. And so I don't know what to do. I've never done this before. So me and Kylie went out there to clean up some stuff. And while we were doing it, she got on the lawnmower and she wanted to do everything, which is pretty typical of her. And I stepped back and let her do most everything. It was very strange because I usually do everything, and uh, she's helped me. But usually, I still like steer the lawnmower and do all that stuff. Um, But she literally did almost everything. And there was the the grass was still wet, and I didn't want her to mess up our neighbor's lawn, which is our relatives. um, And I didn't want her to mess it up. And so I told her, you know, go slow through here. Don't go fast through here. But where I I didn't tell her, don't you know? I didn't tell her to go slow. She went fast. (laughs) which I don't know where she gets that from. Um, but it was funny because there was a moment um, when I remembered seeing like towards the end of us cleaning up and doing everything, and I was like, wow, every once in a while I would walk. She was like, you can get on. I was like, no, I'm going to walk with you. I need exercise. I'm going to walk with you while you run the lawnmower back and forth while we loaded stuff up on it. So as I did, I began to think, um, wow, I wonder if this is you know how God is with us. And I didn't have to... I didn't have to uh, get on to her constantly, although there were times where I led her in different ways. And there were times when I saw that she enjoyed going fast and I didn't need to slow her down in those areas. Um, and there were times where she slowed down and the areas I asked her to slow down. And it was just neat a neat picture of how you can, you can see Jesus in everything. Like, if you look at his ministry, he, didn't, he wasn't always in a church building or in a synagogue. He was in nature and he was saying, hey, look at this bird. You see this. You look at these lilies, right? Right. Um, Look at this, it's like yeast. He would he would talk to people just like we're talking now. You know, it wasn't always in this type of setting. And so I just want to encourage you, that like I said, this is completely not what I'm talking about, but I want to encourage you because I feel like the Lord's saying this, um, and I you know I always say it all the time that you don't, you know, hang your Holy Spirit when you leave here. But but be mindful, renew your mind every day and every moment, especially with family and friends and different things like that, for Holy Spirit to be speaking to you through some of that stuff. And it was really interesting to me because there was so much love and joy that I could see in her, and I remember telling her, thank you so much for helping me. Um, it, it really did help me a lot. And she said, it was fun. And I thought, wow, that's awesome. It was fun for her to work. <laughs> but with daddy, you know what I mean? So anyway, for whatever that's worth, a little, that, that was free. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, not much difference. You'll see the budget in a minute. Alright. Um, let's <laughs> let's uh, let's pray. I, I I say I don't want to take up too much time with prayer, but really, can you take up too much time with prayer? Let's pray real quick. Father, I just thank you for, um, for everything that you've done. Father, speak through me as, as we get into your word and, and uh, as I speak today. Uh, Holy Spirit, uh, resonate in the hearts of your people today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. What's been on my heart lately, well, first what was on my heart was uh, one word which was overwhelmed. I felt a little overwhelmed lately. But then the, the other word that eventually superseded that was seasons. And I'm not like super spiritual and have all these visions all the time, but occasionally I do, and I get words, and this word that I got was seasons, and so I began to look at seasons and how that looks, and I began to look around me, and there's different seasons, and I know you can't tell because it's mobile and doesn't feel like there's any seasons, but in other places there's seasons, and it'll eventually come, but there are these seasons that come around, and they they cycle through, and then there's like, I've noticed everybody posting about football stuff, and I, you know, I don't really get into football, but there's football season has come in, and it will come out, and then there's different things like that, and there's all these things that some of us like cooler seasons, some of us like warmer seasons, different things like that, but we can't really control the seasons. We have air conditioning, but we can't really control the seasons around us, right? They're kind of out of our control. Well, there's this. There's these two uh, predominant ways of thinking of time, and one is uh, linear, which is start, kind of middle finish, kind of like a line, and the other is, uh, hang on, I have notes, circular. It's more the the linear is more of a western way of thinking, and circular is more of an eastern way of thinking, which is everything just comes around like cycles, right? And some religions even believe that we're uh, reincarnated. We live, and then we do all this, we die, and then we're reincarnated again. Kind of thinking it's over and over and over again. Well, I have a really good example, but it would be a spoiler alert for a movie, so I can't tell you. (laughs) But if if you catch me on the side, and you've seen the movie, I'll tell you about it, because it really goes along with this. But I feel so bad, because I've ruined a couple movies for y'all already. And I thought I might get beat up. All right, so, but there is a movie that goes along with this. There's What's interesting is there's uh, the Hebrew way of thinking is kind of a mix of those two things. And the way that they look at time is called an ascending helix. So it's almost like a, a loop going up. And it, the way I look at it is more, I look at it on, on, our, on our side. Because of our Western way of thinking, I want to see it that way. So I kind of turn it on its side. And it almost looks like a roller coaster like this. And how many of you have lives like that, right? It's like a roller coaster. But here's, here's the interesting thing about That And that's the way I believe life really is. I believe it is more the Hebrew way of thinking of this this circular thing because there are these repetitive things that we go through, right? But at the same time, we are moving forward. So I think that those two things are not mutually exclusive. Oh, man, I wish I could tell you about this movie. But that's the thing is you want to, we want to think, and this may not, I I don't know the actual term, but I think singularly. We want to think singularly, if that makes any sense. We want to think of this is the way this is, and that is the way that is, and that's it. I, and you can't convince me any different. And there's absolutely no way that both of these things can be, right? Have you all ever thought about that? Or maybe I'm thinking a little too deep. But I, I think when I when I look at things like this, this is the way I see those two things. I think that Western and Eastern mindsets are both kind of right. Um, in the same way, we see lots of other things in life that we may disagree with or agree with, and we may both be kind of right. Does that make sense? And so in that in that kind of circular thing, the, the the loops, I guess... What, what we usually think of is when we loop back, so we, we're going along, and this is just the way my mind works, so just bear with me. So we're going along, we have these loops. Well, these loops are almost like seasons. We kind of repeat things some, but we're still moving forward, right? We're still progressing. What we find is when we find ourselves in a loop and we kind of hit a, 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 either a downside or a, re, a repetitive part, we usually come up to two conclusions either like um, we've done something wrong and we deserve to go backwards or get hurt or the devil did it, Right? That's usually the two predominant things, either we convince ourselves or other people try to convince us that's what happened. But here's the thing, you never stop moving forward. You're not going backwards, it's just part of the cycle of life, it's just part of what we're going through. And what happens is when when we begin to repeat some things, we begin to see cycles, we go back, it's like when the cool weather does eventually come, it's nostalgic, it reminds you of, you know, another time when this happened, and it it reminds you of those times. Um, And you remember good things and you remember bad things, but you're still progressively moving forward. So both of these things can happen simultaneously, right? Y'all, y'all on board with me here? So we're, we're we're moving forward, but we're in cycles constantly. In cycles that and this is hard for me to hard for me to control. You can't control the cycles. That's very very difficult for me, especially these last few weeks. For me, it's like I, I get it, I see it, but and I'm not. I don't feel like I'm a control freak by any means, or that I want to control things. But when things happen outside of my control, I scratch my head and go, well, that's not how I thought that was going to work out. Or that's not, you know, my plan. That's not my plan. My plan was better. You know, I thought. Maybe not. Um, But that's the thing is I think, well, we make this cycle and you think, well, I've either done something wrong or I'm being punished or the devil did it basically. And that's not the case always. Now, that can be the case. Another little double here. That can be the case. Sometimes you are distracted by Satan. Sometimes you do screw up and you, you have to pay for your screw up. Not saying those things don't happen, but that's not always what happens. Sometimes you're just part of the cycle, and you're you're part of this thing called life, and you're caught in the cycle. And so, as I've kind of examined my own life, because that's the only life I'm living right now, um, I've I've realized, and Tracy reminded me the other day because she she mentioned something about something she she said I'd never do this, and then we did it, <laughs> or I'd never have this would never happen, and then it happened. So I want to warn you: be careful when you say I'll never do something. <laughs> Just, we've, we've experienced it even most recently we're like there's no way this would ever happen and then it happens. Or, there's no way I would ever do that and then we do it. We're like, That's not what I was thinking. And so it completely different than what you planned but most of, most of the, in my experience it's always been better than what my plan was. That's why I feel like the Holy Spirit was leading me this morning when I we want we want a good life but really God has a great life for us outside of what we even imagine a good life to be. Um so it's okay to be right, and it's, it's okay to be wrong sometimes. And it's okay to adjust to both of those situations. Some situations... Uh, I'm sorry, Tracy, I keep using your examples, but we're really close. You can pinch me later. But some situations require your compassion over your advice. So I'm preaching to myself here because I want to fix everything. And there's been times when Tracy and maybe many of you have had other people say, I just want you to understand how I feel. I don't want you to try to fix the problem. And I go, I just want to fix the problem. And Tracy will say that. I don't want you to fix it. Just listen to what I say and understand and feel what I feel. Okay, okay. Now how do we fix it? You know, all I want to do is fix it. And it's like I'm just waiting until you're done talking so we can, I want to get to the solution. And it may be a difference between the way we think differently. I don't know. But what, what I've learned over the years is it's good, not just for her, but for me, to really do that, to listen not just Tracy, but other people, for me to listen to what they're going through, what they're dealing with, and get and gain their perspective on a situation. Not just try to fix it. So, it's okay to not have all the answers. It's okay to to just listen sometimes. It's okay to speak sometimes. But each of those things are I have a hair in my mouth. Okay, <laughs> beard life. Um, <laughs> so we. Uh, <laughs> I just imagined myself doing that on stage and felt like an idiot. Um, so, uh, <laughs> as long as it's funny, it doesn't matter. Y'all laughed. I'm good. So, uh, so speaking of seasons, I had to go to the typical uh, seasons scripture in Ecclesiastes. You can go there if you want to. Most of you know it. I think there was a song written about it. To everything, turn, turn. So, in, in, in uh, Ecclesiastes 3. one, it says, to everything there's a season a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. I'm going to stop here. All of these things are contradictory to each other, right? Do you see a pattern? There are times in our lives when Love leads us to do things that are opposite of what we want to do or things that we think that we need to do. Does that make sense? And there are times in our lives when love leads us to what we think is the right thing to do, and so we do it. So when you base, when you base your life on love and relationship, you <laughs> it's very difficult for me. I don't know about you, but you have to throw out um, fully understanding every situation because that's not always what people need. And if you're basing your life on love and relationship, you have to see what people need. And if you genuinely care for them, you will try to meet their needs the best that you can. Now, you can't fix everybody. Um, And this is why I think that that grace kind of gets a bad rep when it should be getting a good rep, because a lot of people that I've seen personally and then heard stories about that have grown up in a very legalistic church and then have have been introduced to grace, and they kind of go off the deep end because they're free, right? I don't know if you've seen that, but I've seen people that have been introduced to grace and you're free to do whatever you want, and then they go off the deep end and start doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And people go, okay, well, that's what grace is, produces, right? This, this is what your grace is. But nobody talks about the 20 or 30 years that they've been bound up in religion not knowing who they were, not knowing what their heart was like, not knowing you know, what they were supposed to do or anything. They were just told always what to do and how to do it. And so when you get to the end of this, you blame grace for for essentially... Um, allowing them to be who they really are, right? I didn't get that as much because I didn't grow up in church, so (laughs) I was bad early. (laughs) So what was in my heart was a lot of crazy stuff, and I tried to find joy in the world, and I tried to find all this stuff in the world, and I found that it was empty. What happens, I think, with, and I'm kind of getting off topic here, but I think what happens with a lot of people that are caught in religion for so many years is they don't know what they want, and they're not allowed to even experience anything at all because they're told. Right? I'm not saying we shouldn't teach. This is different. I'm talking about full-fledged, absolute religion not letting people live freely at all. Because what happens is they don't get to experience that, so when they reach a place now, they're, it's, it's almost like they revert back to 13 or 14 or 15 or 16 when they were introduced to God, but then shoved religion right on top of it, right? So we have to be careful because I question the same thing because I've seen it. I've seen people come into grace and go, Way the wrong way. We have to realize we can't, you can't look at it one sided and not see the other side of it, right? And so what happens with grace is it reveals what's in your heart. So if what's in your heart is love, you're going to love people. And if you don't love people, then you're going to need to deal with that. Now, you want to talk about something powerful? That will change you. One way or the other, it'll change you. It'll help you to reveal... Maybe you don't really care for people. You know what I mean? Or maybe you do. And how does that look? But it lets you deal with that through leading of the Holy Spirit and friends, hopefully, that, that help you through it. But not by just guidelines and rules to try to... Man, I'm getting way off. Here's, here's what I think we, as a, as a, I guess, a church, Big C Church, has failed in. We see things one way, especially as pastors. We see things one way, and we think everybody else sees it that way. not talking about, you know, just Jesus, uh, death, burial, and resurrection type stuff. I'm talking about styles and, and uh, uh, life events. So the way that—and it's going to be a natural thing. The way that we preach is going to be kind of from, from our experience. But the problem is if you're not relational, I can try to put on all of you something that you're not feeling. I can try to lead you in a place that you're not even supposed to be going, Right? if i'm thinking that you're seeing everything the way that i see it then why are we even all here right so what happens i think is when we see things differently we begin to divide instead of coming together and appreciating other people's opinions the very thing that should be strengthening the church is dividing it you say well i preach or i teach this style or i preach and teach this style or we worship this way or we worship that way i don't care what do you do you love people um, how do you see the gospel? How do you see Jesus and all of this? I don't, I don't care about styles. I don't care about um, the surfacey stuff. I've been, I've been rounding around with that stuff before I got saved. Surfacey stuff is boring. It's the same way in church. Uh, a good example, Andre and Julie were wearing me out about this one pastor, and I tried to listen to him, and I didn't like his style. He was annoying. got on my nerves. You know what I'm talking about. I was like, man, this, I can't listen to this guy. I tried to listen to him. I was on a plane going somewhere for work, and I was like, I'm going to listen to Judah Smith. It's <laughs> happy. It's good. It's easy. Um, but I love Judah Smith, too. He's awesome. But finally, they, they, they were persistent and sent me a small clip. Also, he has really long sermons, too, and I'm busy and I don't have enough time. They sent me a small clip, and what he had to say was real powerful. I was like, okay. That resonated with me. So I have slowly but surely started listening to more and more of his sermons, and they're really good. And I've gotten past his style to see his heart, right? Really? Being led by the Holy Spirit. Example one here. (laughs) (laughs) Impatient. You can say it. You can say it. Immature and impatient. No, I'm just kidding. No. no. It was. It was a squirrel, and I was like, Ah! (laughs) yeah and, and it, it got me curious enough to where I listened to some long long sermons by his or by him and they were really good and uh, I feel like he could say it in a lot less but <laughs> that's his style. He's a, he's a talker yeah and I mean I'm a talker, but I, 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 he's probably more focused than I ever will be so I'm not, I'm not critiquing him it was just a difference in styles. My point is don't get caught up in styles don't and don't turn off as soon as you hear something that you either May disagree with, or, um, <clears throat> or you're not too sure about kind of thing. Don't turn off like that. That's not relational. That's religion. Religion says this or that, my way or the highway. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. There's no negotiating. It's, it's anyway. That, that's the way that is. So anyway, <laughs> wow, I went off there. Um, so there's this, there's a this cycle. There's these uh, uh, seasons that come and go, and we can't control these seasons. But at the same time, we're not. We're not being punished because we're caught in some of these cycles and we can't control these cycles, but we're constantly moving forward. We have to realize that we're not going backwards always, but these cycles are reminders to help us. So after he talks about all the time, a time to love, all these things, time of war, time of peace, in verse 9 he says, What profit has the worker from that in which he labors? I've seen the God-given task with which the sons of man are to be occupied. He has given... He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts. I never read that scripture before I started preaching that. This is backing me up. (laughs) He has placed eternity in their hearts. He has placed heaven in your heart. He has placed eternity in their hearts. How much more beautiful is that? Except that theologians and really smart people can find out the work that God does from the beginning to the end. Does it say that? No. Except that no one can find out the work that God does from the beginning to the end. How scary, frustrating, slash liberating is that? No one can find out the work that God does from the beginning to the end. Now listen to this, verse 12. I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all of his labor. It is the gift of God. So Think about this for a minute. Everything that we deal with and everything that we go through in life should be, it's not always, but should be subject to this attorney that's been placed in our hearts. He's saying, this is good. This is a gift from God. The kingdom is given to you, and everything else is under that. But what we do a lot of times is we we elevate a lot of these things as though they're not. As, as though they're not under the greatest thing that we've ever been given, and so there's this this idea that we should be safe in a safe place. We should we should know everything, and we should be okay, and that that everything is taken care of. I'm going to give you. Uh, I'm going to try to make it brief. A story of when I was younger. <clears throat> most of you know the kind of the first half. I think I've told you most most of you know my testimony from when I was younger all the way up. We moved around a lot. Dad left us. Lots of drugs and abuse and that whole um, song and dance <laughs> and then we ended up in Westlake Louisiana at some government assisted housing stuff kind of in the, in the hood there and at one point my mom met my soon to be stepdad and they kind of decided they wanted to go to Texas because he was from Texas and his job moved around and so they kind of drugged me to Texas with them and I was not happy about that at all. To me I didn't care. We were in poverty. It didn't bother me. My mom and and I wanna be clear here, I love my mom, I'm not trying to beat her up. She was doing the best she could, and if she wouldn't have done the things she did, I wouldn't be here today. So I'm not questioning that. But I was happy with my friends. It didn't matter if we were in poverty or not. I didn't I didn't understand any of that. And she took me out and she was trying to find a way out, essentially, and to, to be loved and to love and and and, uh, and find a husband. Well, my, at that point, I think my sister moved out, and then she kind of drugged me to Texas, and I didn't like it. And I was basically, you know, kind of left a couple times in a couple different houses with his family, which were all good people, and um, you know, took good care of me. It wasn't anything bad that happened there, but I was away from home, and I didn't know anybody. And I kind of pitched a fit one day and wanted to go back home, and uh, <clears throat> and my mom basically, and I, man, I. Don't think I don't want you guys to think badly of my mom, but this is an experience that I had, and it was it's something that I need to let you guys know because I think it might help somebody else here. Is she when I did that? and She went back and left him in, in Texas. She made me go with her to like the food back then. You had to go to a food stamp office or whatever, and it was usually you know really rough and in an even worse area than we were in, and get food stamps. And she essentially kind of blamed me for it. And she was like, "Look, you know, this is is this what you want?" kind of thing. And I remember I was a kid, but I felt bad about that, like. I was being selfish because I just wanted to be with my friends. I didn't want to be over there. But it was something I carried with a long time. Um, but at some point, that all snowballed into me saying, I want to live with my grandparents. Well, my grandmother was kind of the rock of our family. When everything was chaotic, we could always go there. And she loved us, and she took care of us. Um, and so she agreed, and she moved and got married, and I stayed with my grandparents in Lake Charles. And, uh, and it was great. I was happy. I was safe. It wasn't extravagant. It was still. It was in a better neighborhood than we were in, um, but she had so much compassion and so much love. If I was, she didn't have a car or a license. My grandfather worked literally from morning until night as a security guard at a bank somewhere, and she would literally walk to school. If I got sick, she would walk to school to come get me and check me out. Um, and she was elderly. Well, I say elderly, I don't know. Everything was old to me at that point, um, but I'll never forget. It was. Uh, it was between. I was watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air <laughs> it, was between, it was Yeah, <laughs> don't start singing it I'll start singing it um, and I was watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and she just wasn't feeling well she had gotten sick and so I was checking on her periodically I watched Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and during commercials I would go back there and check on her and then between Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Blossom I went to check on her and she didn't respond and I turned the light on and she was essentially dying and uh, and I did the best I could to do CPR I didn't know CPR and, and, uh, and anyway I, I She ended up passing away, and I thought, you know, in my immature mind, I thought that I was, you know, tough and I could take care of myself. In the back of my head, I always knew that I had grandma there to take care of us, even if the rest of the world was, you know, not going to. And when she died, my whole perspective on things changed. I thought, wow, I really am on my own now. I don't have a net. I don't have a backup plan. And so I went the wrong way, but I went to a, uh, I guess typical teenager kind of dark area where I hated everybody for no reason. <laughs> you know, I was just mad at the world kind of thing. But there was this idea that that place was safe. Now, we, we visited recently, going back to Lake Charles and visited family, and we go in that neighborhood and I think, wow, you know, our living room is bigger than that house, and the neighborhood is terrible. But that was the safest place I could know at that time. Um, and I think it it brings us back to this idea that there is there is some legitimate safe place in this realm, and I don't think that there is. I think the only safe place that we really have is in the Spirit. Because it's eternal. And this has come to light for me lately with close friends losing their young nephew and 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 things that we don't fully understand. And we're like, how, you know, how does all this work? And so it's questioning my theology and questioning all these things. And I realized that. This life is temporary. There is eternity in our hearts, and the only safe place and the only good place is in the Spirit. And if we don't operate from that place, we will get discouraged, and we will will live a life that's constantly looking for something that's not there, like a vapor. We'll be trying to hang on to things that don't exist really. And so there's these, these things that I thought that I could control. There was a safe place that I thought I had. And the cycle of life just kept going without me being able to control it. So I was rushed to another place. I think it was Decatur, Alabama at the time. And a new school, new people, which was pretty common. I was used to bouncing around, but I didn't want to. I liked being where I was with people that I knew. And so that, that all these things happened outside of my control. And at that time, I made the worst of them all. I was mad at everybody. I treated my stepdad terribly. And he genuinely, I think, cared for us and tried to do the best he could and and tried to lead me in the only way that he could lead me and and uh, was trying to do good, but I hated him because he took me out of what I thought was a safe place. So this is Second uh, John 4 through 6. I'm going to read this out of the message just because I like Eugene Peterson's wording better here. Second um, John 4 says, I can't tell you how happy I am to learn that many members of your congregation are, are diligent in living out the truth exactly as commanded by the Father, but permit me a reminder. This is a cycle. Permit me something to remind you, friends. This is not a new commandment, but simply a repetition of our original and basic purpose. It says charter here, but purpose is what charter means. And it says that we love each other. Love means following His commandments and His unifying commandment is that you conduct your lives in love. This is the first thing you heard and nothing has changed. So in all these things, we see these cycles, and we go, okay, how, I can't control this. How do I find a safe place? Or I can't control this. What did I do wrong? Or I can't control this. Why am I going backwards? When you're actually moving forward, and you can't control any of it anyway. <laughs> and he says, this gospel is a simple gospel. You can't fix all the problems all the time, but you can love. This is something that you've been given. Why did I think that that place was so safe when it really wasn't safe? It was not a very good neighborhood. I remember seeing gangs and guns, even at my grandparents' house. It was safe because my grandmother loved me, genuinely loved me. Selfless love where she would walk to school when I was sick, when she would sacrifice, she would walk to work. She didn't have a license, and my grandfather worked. She would walk to work in a local church, and she would clean that church. And all the money that she made, because my grandfather was stingy, (laughs) no other way to put it, he would give me a dollar and he would do this. No lie, Tracy Tracy's seen it before. Here you go, here's a dollar. Thanks, I guess. He would literally, this is funny, and I'm not, I, I pick on my grandpa. I love my grandpa, he's awesome too, but he would, my sister, <laughs> this is funny. My sister went with him to the grocery store and uh, she got like some gum or something and a drink and she just put it with his stuff and he took the receipt home and highlighted the t- two items and gave it back to her. <laughs> Said, you owe me for this drink and gum. Anyway, that's funny. But, I mean, when you grow up poor, you hang on to every dollar, and you better know that you're given a dollar and not a 20. <laughs> you're going to need that 20. Anyway, but, but the glimpse of what I saw in my grandmother was that love, and that's why it felt so safe. It didn't matter what was going on around me. It was, it was that she genuinely wanted to care for me, and she would have done anything for me. and She would have she been there through thick and thin and done anything she could. But at the same time, she was human, and she could only do so much. The cool thing with living in the spirit is we have a father that doesn't die, that never goes away, that it, that that we can find and don't start quoting Aslan on me. I know it's a different situation. Um, I was looking at Bill because I figured, but he he is genuinely safe in the spirit. <laughs> he he is he is the only thing that we can depend on outside of this life that we live in. And so the question we should be asking ourselves as these cycles go through and we don't fully understand them, and sometimes we're They're nostalgic and they're happy and sometimes they're not and sometimes we don't understand them. Instead of asking ourselves, how do we handle this situation? What do we need to do to fix it? The questions we need to be asking is, are we still loving each other? Because right here in in 2 John he's saying, hey, listen, I want to remind you, this isn't a new commandment, this is repeated, this is repetitive. Are we still loving each other? Are we still in love with Jesus? Are we allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us, to love us, and to teach us? Because ultimately, there are going to be situations in life that we can't control. But if we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and to love us and to teach us in those places, then we can see things in a different light. And just like we talked about in the scripture that, that, that we were just saying, there's beauty in all of those things. There's unparalleled beauty found in the midst of things that we think are tragedies or things that we don't want to see. Colossians 2.6, this is a message also. It says, My counsel for you is simple. I love how he keeps saying simple, because I'm simple, and it works. My counsel for you is simple and straightforward. Just go ahead with what you've been given. You receive Christ Jesus, the Master. Now live him. Listen to that. Now live him. You're deeply rooted in him. You're well-constructed upon him. You know your way around the faith. Now do what you've been taught. School's out. (laughs) School's out. Quit studying the subject and start living it. And let your living spill over into thanksgiving. So what happens a lot of times, especially in in my world, in my realm, is I want to figure things out all the time and I want to fix them. And what the Holy Spirit continues to tell me is, shut up, (laughs) listen for a minute, see what's going on, find the beauty in it, and continue to preach the simple gospel. And that seems easy enough, but it's hard sometimes. It really is. Because in the midst of complicated situations the only thing that can get you through them is a simple gospel the same way jesus could meet everyone where they were and could sit down and talk to them and eat with them and talk about hey check out this bird this is don't don't you know that that god knows every time one of these birds falls don't you think he loves you look at these lilies how beautiful they are look at look at all these different things that are around us anything that's going on he could adjust to those situations why because he was just as relational as we should be with sinners with pharisees he loved them all what i'm seeing a lot of times in the modern church now is we're we're getting more and more okay with sinners not so much with the pharisees not so much with the religious and the and the churchy people they need deliverance just as much as the sinners do sometimes even more you think they're they're not bound up with drugs but they're just as bound up in religion and listen, you need to have the same patience with them as you do with anybody else. That's hard too sometimes because a lot of them have put a lot of condemnation and hurt on people, but sometimes they just need to see the light the same way that you saw it. So, I'm already over a little bit. Let me, let me wrap up. Let me pray for you guys and then we're going to have a, a brief meeting. Um, stand up with me. I want to, before I pray, I want to encourage you that when (laughs) when we walk through life and we see people around us and we see them make mistakes and we want to help them and then they make the same mistakes and we help them again and they make the same mistakes and we help them again and we get frustrated. (laughs) Don't don't give up on what's, what the Holy Spirit is leading, to do, leading you to do in those situations because sometimes he may, he may tell you to pull back and sometimes he may tell you to press in. And that's all dependent on the relationship there. And I'm telling you this because I feel like somebody is uh, either ready to give up on themselves or give up on somebody else. And I just want to tell you that this whole kind of loop-de-loop life thing If it feels like a setback, it may not be a setback. It may be a reminder of the direction that you're still going. Just like the scripture is telling us, it's it's a repetitive thing. Continue in love. You started in love, continue in love. You started in truth, continue in truth. You started in freedom, continue in freedom. Don't question everything you do just because you're being reminded of something and you feel like you've taken a step back, you're still moving forward. So, Father, I pray that your, your, uh, your Holy Spirit continue to renew our minds as we leave this place. Father, even before we leave this place, um, Holy Spirit, lead us in our our brief budget meeting that we, we will go over. Um, and Father, just uh, Lord, just uh, continue to give us a pure joy. You know, we name this church Pure Grace, um, and what comes along that uh, what comes along with that is pure joy. And so, I just thank you right now for that joy that that um, that you've given us, even just this morning. Um, And Father, I just pray that you will continue to renew our minds to that pure joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.